Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nano Community Tech. Uh, you're giving a uniting voice to tech startups. Today, we have a special treat. Uh, we've got Daniel Jacob Rayner, who's the uh, CEO of Virtual Inspections, a company that uh, looks after virtual inspections for holiday homes. So we can't wait to get into the kind of technology and new um, ways in which uh, people are reimagining the way uh, they get accommodation yeah, for their holiday. So, without further ado, let's welcome to the show Daniel. Sandeep, thanks for uh, thanks for thanks for having me. I should say um, it's it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm excited for this conversation. So, excellent, Daniel, and so am I. Look, I, I we've got a lot to get through, so we might uh, jump in straight away. For those of us listening uh, and are not familiar with virtual inspections, could you give us a, a brief overview of what uh, virtual inspections is about? Yeah, so virtual inspections, uh, I started this business back in end of 20, uh, 2015 and uh, virtual inspections, we're a virtual reality uh, company, we, we provide virtual tours for a range of different industries um, and accommodation, tourism, hospitality uh, being one of those industries. Uh, but we also work um, with real estate agents. Uh, we work with residential builders, uh, commercial builders, you know, construction organisations, and and basically any company that has a space um, and they want to be able to showcase that space to another individual. So we're actually starting to work in government as well. We, we're, we're working with Brisbane City Council, with Queensland Rail. We're working with the Department of Health um, because many organisations, they've got facilities or, or warehouses or spaces that they need to um, showcase, whether that's for marketing purposes or a per yeah, whether for a marketing purpose or uh, whether for onboarding and training or whether for, you know, the, the ability to understand um, that the layout or if they need to do some renovations and changes to that environment. So really it does cover quite a lot of different use cases and honestly we're still um learning um about new new use cases every single week so it, it is definitely an industry that is growing that's incredible so obviously the range of virtual inspections goes through a broad spectrum and more importantly you've got all kinds of stakeholders all kinds of uh, uh interests in in this sort of technology and so what are you finding uh, yourself uh, doing on a day-to-day -day perspective uh, with uh, virtual inspections yeah so uh, well at the moment and and definitely the the business has been through a journey um, where we have been really focused on different industries so maybe what i'll do is i'll, I'll take take us back to the beginning and end of 2015 where we started the business because we could really see an opportunity in the real estate world um you know people people not being able to go out on their on their saturday you know they've worked a, a big week a full week at work um and then they've got their the weekend to themselves and not wanting to um, spend a whole Saturday driving around to properties or houses that um, may not be suitable for what they're looking for. Um, and so, you know, what, wanting to be able to look online and, and, and um, I guess, determine what is that shortlist instead of spending a couple of weekends going through 10 to 15 different properties, um, 
how can we how can we um, define that shortlist by seeing um, I guess visual content online so that we only actually have to walk through two or three. Um, and so that we had really had, I guess, the end consumer in mind being like, wow, this is really going to be a game changer for them. Um, it's going to, you know, allow them to identify the, the property that they want to buy. And so that's what they're really the industry that we targeted uh, to begin with. Um, so we we're doing a lot of presentations to real estate agents and showing them the technology and how, you know, we're, got, it's, we're going to make sure that you're not getting all of those tire kickers, all of those people that are coming along to that property when really it's not the right property for them. Um, but I guess with any new technology, there's always going to be a bit of kickback, a bit of like a um, bit of an objection, some objections, maybe some hurdles. Um, if it's particularly if it's something that hasn't been done before, or it's a new way of working or thinking, um, which I guess so often technology does bring. Um, and so with real estate agents, what we were finding is that um, they they wanted they they wanted the tire kickers they wanted it they wanted as many people at their open homes because you might have 50 people show up to an open home and 49 of them be be tire kickers but if if you if you only had one person show up they'd be like oh this isn't this isn't a hot property um therefore like we will offer a lower price than if you go to an open home where there's 50 people walking through and you, you have that feeling of like oh I'm, like we really want to get this property whereas everyone else is isn't really interested um so we, yeah that, that was definitely a journey like trying to communicate and articulate that value to real estate agents um early on um but what, what we realized is you know it's we were we were working with a number of different real estate agencies throughout southeast Queensland, but we got to the point where we were like, well, what, what other industries could we target? And so I was, I guess, in going around and capturing different homes, I realised that hey, there's actually you know a, a lot of residential builders out there that are building brand new homes. They're building display homes. Um, you've got all of the big big builders like Porter Davis, Simmons Homes, Clarendon Homes, Coral Homes, all of these big builders that are building, you know, tens if not hundreds of display homes a year. Um, and they want to, and again, they want to be able to get their designs out to as many people as possible, but they're not going to build, like Simmons Homes, for example, they got a couple of hundred different house designs. They simply can't build a display home for each one of them, or if they can, they simply can't build um, a display home for each design in every single um, state. And so you'd have people that, you know, that they, they would be interested in a particular design, but oh, you're, you're in Brisbane and that display home's actually in Victoria. So are you going to fly down just to look through a display home that maybe isn't quite right for you? Or maybe it is, but you don't know till you get there. Um, or if we did a 3D virtual tour for them, it does allow them to um, I guess, essentially step inside that space virtually, um, be able to look around because um, our technology does work with like goggle, VR goggles and headsets and things like that, um, or just simply on your, your iPhone, but really get that perspective as if you were actually there. Um, and that's really the next 
our next target industry was going after builders and, and we now work with all of those builders I just mentioned plus, plus I think we're, we're, we're working with around 50 different builders at the moment um, and they're absolutely lo- loving the technology um, because you know their, their designs are getting seen by that many more people and people are calling through being like hey I've, I saw the design I saw your virtual tour of this particular design um, I, I love it and, and they're actually um, committing to uh, designs without actually having walked through the display home um, so it just quickens that sales cycle for the residential builders because they're they're essentially getting getting people the right people the right information at the right time for them to make a decision um, because that's that's what we need as 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 people that um, when you when you're wanting to make such a big purchase and investing into your own house, your own property, you you need to have the right data to make that decision. Um, and so we, we're working with builders, and and then the next part of our journey, actually, I I, I thought, well, we, we work with quite a lot of the builders here in Australia, but um, you know, where where next? Do we are we do we look at another industry or do we look at another country? And so that's when I decided, well, New Zealand's pretty close so what if we just go over there and and do a big one month trip or a two-week trip or something like that and we and we work we work with as many builders as possible there capturing display homes and then by the time the trip came around we actually hadn't booked in any residential builders um but we'd actually filled up our schedule with accommodation um and and this is this is the next industry we sort of delve into um because i realized New Zealand has a huge tourism industry, um, people wanting to go on, on big holidays um, and, and through New Zealand, um, you know, wh- wherever that might be, there's just tourism everywhere, there's accommodation everywhere there. Um, and people want to be able to make sure that, you know, that uh, all their precious money that they're putting into this holiday so that they can relax and have an enjoyable time or whatever type of holiday they're going on. They want to make sure that they're getting their money's worth or they're, they're confident with where, where what they're putting their money into. Um, and so we actually did this huge um, trip of New Zealand capturing all these different types of accommodation uh, for them. And, and also New Zealand, they, they do have a lot of international guests. And so that was helping people that were flying in from America or Australia or Asia um, have a look at the accommodation before they commit to it. Um, again, and it also leaves, um, it gives them confidence before they come and also make sure that the guest is going into that accommodation with the right expectation. You know, they're not going in there expecting one thing and then complaining about all of the things that they weren't aware of um, uh, going into it and leaving bad reviews or things like that. It's like before they go along and have their holiday, they are well-equipped, well-prepared for the accommodation so that when they go along, um, their expectations are met and and therefore less um, negative reviews and things like that. And we've had some great some feedback from some accommodation where their bookings have increased by as much as 25% because, you know, maybe before they had had a, a simple-looking website and, and some simple photography, um, but when they put a virtual tour on their website, people could um, – explore that accommodation and decide yep this is right for us whereas beforehand it was always a bit like ah they're not giving us enough information like visual information to make that decision 
Um, and so then after after accommodation, so and, and we haven't we've never left an industry behind. We've all, all we've, we still work with real estate agents. We still work with residential builders. We still work with accommodation. Um, but now we're finding where we are starting to work in much bigger um, in, on much bigger jobs and, and bigger projects like with Queensland Rail where they've got, you know, 15 or so different travel trains that are going up and down the east coast of Queensland um, and people want to be able to see, okay, if, if we're going to pay X, X amount of thousands of dollars for this holiday, um, what what is the accommodation like? Um, I've never slept on a train before. I've never travelled on, on like an overnight train before. What uh, what should we expect? What do I need to bring? What's already covered there? All of these different things that people might have questions. Um, and then the other one is, is um, I'll just point out, is um, Brisbane City Council, which, you know, we've been talking with them for a couple of years and um, it was only when uh, COVID hit last year um, where all of these um, policies and procedures came in for them that um, every time someone stepped foot in into one of their venues, one of their facilities um, that they hire out, they need to do a complete COVID-safe clean-down of that venue, even if it wasn't for an event, even if it was just one person going in to inspect the venue to see whether that's see whether they even want to hire that venue. And they said on average before someone hired one venue, they would walk through five different venues before picking one to um, to hire out. So they would be doing five complete COVID-safe clean downs of the venue because one person walked in. And so they, they, they realised that, like, hey, our, our cleaning costs are just going through the roof. Um, we've been talking to this guy, Daniel, from Virtual Inspections for a couple of years. Like, we like the technology, but now we actually, we just need it. We, 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 we simply can't afford to, um, to have the cleaning bill that we do. Um, and not only that, um, not only saving them from, like, all, like, the, the cleaning bills, but it's also that time that, you know, there's got to be a staff out there on site walking them through the building that's valuable precious time that they could redeploy if um if you could go on their website have a look at all of their their different venues make your decision and you haven't even needed to step foot into one um so so those yeah i guess that's a a range of different industries we worked in a range of the different use cases and and how i guess on on a surface level or on a higher level how the technology is um helping these different organizations i think what uh, really stands out for me is how relevant what you're doing what virtual inspections is doing is to the current period of uh, of the pandemic that we're going through so given that covid's uh, not only seized um a lot of physical gatherings but we are aware that this will one very quickly uh, come back online and people will come congregate once again. The countries that you spoke about, Australia, New Zealand, their governments are taking um, precautions and certainly uh, throwing a lot of funds into getting the tourism industry, getting the, uh, the, the entertainment industry and, and venues up and running again. Mm. Um, I guess my question would be more around the experience of the person wanting or the individual wanting to engage with a property maybe if you could just give us a bit of a, a flavor of what that looks like from end to end that, that i think that will really help 
Yeah, so for the accommodation industry in particular? Yeah, um, yeah. let's start there. Yeah. yeah, so I guess from that sort of end consumer, what they would be doing, and I guess this, I've got a story that really, um, I guess, resonates with me uh, because it involves me, but uh, if I we went, went back to 2016 where I was um, – you know, I got married and I was booking our my honeymoon up, uh, up at Noosa um, and I went on this, uh, I won't mention the name of the accommodation provider, but I, I went onto their website and I um, looked at um, the options that I had and I, and I, I just never, and, and I booked, I booked in one of their, like one of their studios, sort of like one bedroom apartment type accommodation, but I just had this, lack of confidence that I knew what I was getting um, when I booked it and I didn't really think too much about it but then when I when I got there um, for the the honeymoon and I saw what I what I had booked I was like oh my goodness if I knew what I was getting I would have never booked this place I would have actually mm-hmm. picked one of their um, bigger larger um, more impressive suites or maybe I would have um, picked up the phone and um, asked some questions about like well, where is this uh, where's this accommodation situated because it was like this tiny studio thing that was like not even on ground level it was it was almost like below ground level um, next to a, a roadway where when you looked out the window you were you'd see like the tires of cars drive past oh, um, and it was re- it was really <laughs> underwhelming and I just had this moan of like why did I book this place? And I actually went back on the website and, and I was like, ah, oh, that like, I just didn't like it. The, the, the text sounded great. The words that they were using made it sound really amazing, but it was probably more, you know, generic words that they used on all of their, all of their different rooms. Um, and I was thinking, ah, oh, I would have like, I would have paid more. I would have paid more to get a better room. Cause this isn't what I, this isn't what I thought I was ordering. Um, and so, that's kind of like, uh, I mean, that was in 2016. So we had started virtual inspections by then, but we weren't working with accommodation. But I guess that's where, um, when we did go to New Zealand and we were booking that trip, I was, yeah, I thought back to that time in on my honeymoon. I was like, yeah, if there was a virtual tour, I would have been able to clearly see what each room provided and would have been able to pick the right one for the nature of the trip which in my case was a honeymoon so um so i guess if they did have a virtual tour what would the experience be like for that and user for me i would have gone onto the website i would have seen that virtual tour um pop up as associated with that room um i would have navigated through i would have you know instead of just flicking through five or six or ten photos or how little thumbnail sized photos i would have probably spent a, a good five ten minutes um and and we are seeing that people are staying on websites longer with virtual tours um because it is more interactive it is more engaging so i would have spent you know five ten minutes looking around the virtual tour and and not just that one but i would have been going on into the, the various different rooms and looking at the more expensive rooms and the ones in between and and looking at the ones that had a view and i would be um well, more better equipped to um, to select the the right option for us, um, and then it's it's really part of that sales cycle process that once you've made a decision, once it's ticked all the check boxes for you, um, and it's not just the visuals as well, but you can add little 
um, what we call tags um, into the virtual tour. So you can we can embed information there. So um, whether that's used for marketing purposes to, to highlight the fact that, you know, this room is air conditioned or uh, this room has 180 degree views or whatever sort of information we want to point out. But it can also be used for when people show up in the accommodation as a bit of a manual for like, well, where's the TV remote or what's the Wi-Fi password or is there a keypad entry? Um, And if so, what's the code? And all of this information can be stored within the virtual tour as their, I guess you could call it like their one source of truth. They're, They're almost like their virtual reality manual Um, even like a manual you can embed information in. So you could even have um, a PDF stored in the virtual tour that shows you how to operate the dishwasher or the washing machine, things Mm -hmm. like that. So it is part of that sales cycle to help you make that decision and then you just go through the standard booking process. Um, But then even when you are out on site, um, it's in the same way that, you know, an accommodation provider may send you an email and that will include the Wi-Fi password and a couple of different instructions. Sometimes you go into an accommodation and there's there's no instructions and you're kind of left to figure it all out for yourself, which, you know, is fine for some people, but other people it's like, like where do I even begin? And so they're texting and emailing and calling the accommodation provider, which is wasting their time if they just got, had that information stored somewhere that was accessible. Yeah. So it really does. Because it, yeah. Sorry. It it does look like the uh, the I guess the the user has has this very seamless experience. And I think what really stood out for me in your in in while you were describing the experience is that the the interaction does just doesn't stop at the point where the sale is made yes. as a user i can continue engaging with the virtual uh um home uh even when i get there yes. including questions that i may have as and when i'm navigating things in and out of the home uh but also i'm guessing then it continues on to the next uh, step of the process which is you know the checking out process the the um the sent, you know, you put reviews and then potentially reviews could be specific to a certain thing to say, Hey, that was a, um, you know, that, that, that porch has some amazing views. Yeah, like exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and then yeah. beyond that, it's like the amount of times where you've, you know, people have had an amazing common, amazing holiday, I should say, and they want to tell their friends about it. They want to tell their family about it. Um, you know, even in my, sphere of, of friends and family um people are, if people go on a holiday and they and they do stay in a fantastic place they're like oh you've got to go here sometime you've got to stay here what was it like oh it was incredible like do you have any photos oh we actually didn't take any photos of the accommodation or they might have a, a few like really um you know photos that aren't that specifically there to capture the accommodation but if there was a virtual tour it's like yes like you can flick the virtual tour through um and then that's where that sort of repeat business can come from as well like if if, if i know that if i whenever i have a fantastic stay and I, and I love the accommodation and i tell people about it but you know i've got um often i don't have any sort of they might have a few photos that I can show, like I could go on their website if they do have photos. Um, but if, if they have a virtual tour, like that's so much more powerful um, to be able to show people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that um, a lot of people do have uh, 
uh, I, I guess would would engage in virtual tours. We see we see this all around, and we see and and I think what. Uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier in our conversation was that uh, augmented reality, the virtual reality aspect of it. And I wonder whether um, that's the kind of technology that you've completely focused on, or is there more uh, to what meets the eye? Than the virtual reality? Yeah, that's right. So is this, you know, maybe give us a little bit of a of an insight on the kind of technology that you would uh, uh, put in place for uh, for a uh, positive experience yeah i think i mean i think there's i mean technology is is rapidly evolving all the time and i think the technology that i'm working with at the moment it's um it does have an expiry date if you wanted to call it that in the same way that um you know when digital photographs were you know were a thing and um i'm, I'm not sure what year it became a thing, but maybe the early 2000s or maybe late 90s or something where you could put images on the internet. Um, it's like that was a very um, popular and probably very exciting thing at the time. Um, but now it's like, I guess, the consumer's um, expectation has lifted. Um, if you're only showing a couple of small thumbnail images of whatever whatever it is you're trying to show off um nowadays it's it's really not cutting it anymore because we we've got smartphones and we're we're sort of overwhelmed with so many images and so it's it's really that like well how are you going to make your space um stand out but even the technology i'm using at the moment there there it is it is evolving and there are going to be disruptive technologies that also come out and and it and we're going to see this space really evolved the whole i guess virtual reality augmented reality space as well i mean something that's really captured my attention lately is this um, topic of um uh, nfts non-fungible tokens um and and it's relating to the blockchain and i guess just to give a, a super brief summary of it it's um traditionally i guess digital assets online have been valueless because you can copy videos you can copy pick images you can copy whatever um, and so you don't really know what the original one is and therefore there is no value whereas you look at the mona lisa that's been copied many 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 times but the reason why the original Mona Lisa is worth $100 million or whatever it is, um, is because we know what the original one is and that's where it holds its value. Um, and so what we're seeing with the blockchain technology, which, you know, I'm, I am no expert in this um, by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm, I'm just, I am learning about it at the moment. Um, and what I find really interesting is that, you know, you can tie pieces of art um, or any digital asset for that matter to the blockchain and it gives it its own identification code or number or whatever it is. So you do know what the original um, piece of art uh, or the original asset is. Um, and, and it's really blowing up in different industries. We're, we're seeing people that are, you know, that, that are buying um, 15 second highlights of NBA players when they were back in high school and their first dunk. Um, and so there's this really popular basketball kid in the NBA at the moment, Zion Williams, I think his name is. And, you know, his, his a 15 second clip of him dunking in high school a few years ago sold for a hundred thousand. Um, and then there's a memes, memes are being sold as well. Like people are able to invest in these digital assets 
um, for you know the meme the meme cat I think sold for seven hundred thousand. Um, there there was a YouTuber that put some, a, a caricature up and it sold for two and a half million. Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, he's actually selling his first tweet when he did back in two thousand and six. And the, the bid is already up to two and a half million dollars for this digital asset. Um, and, and so to tie that into what we're talking about, like technology is rapidly evolving. And I've seen NFTs combined with augmented reality where you can, you can hold up your phone and there is, there was a piece of artwork in this digital space that's, you know, augmented, I guess, into the real world, but through your phone, um, and, and that is a digital asset um, that is um, that has, holds a lot of value and a, a lot of worth mm. to people now. Um, and so, yeah, it's a space that I'm still understanding and discovering, but it's all part of this, um, yeah, all part of technology evolving. And, and um, I, I'm, you know, I, you need to be aware of what's happening um, because it could impact you. It could impact your industry. It could be a a fantastic opportunity for you. And it also could be um, the thing that disrupts what you're doing. And, 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 or even, even if you're not, you're not running an organization or a business, if, if your skills become outdated and you're not keeping up with what organizations are looking for, um, then you're, going to have a find it hard to um find opportunities for yourself in the future when organizations are after you know the latest absolutely totally agree with you um as you talk about nfts i'm thinking well if i had um if i owned any nfts of course can't afford the ones that you spoke about but certainly if i had my own um i could potentially want to take them along for my holiday yes and make them available while i was out and about be it in virtual reality or even in augmented reality uh realms and i'm glad that um you know blockchain and uh artificial intelligence and many other technologies that come together to bring depth to what uh, virtual tours have been this whole time which is a very one-way street Mm. very non-interactive in the sense that you you as a user would engage with that virtual tour and you you can go in directions but not really manipulate or change anything or interact with anything and i feel like nft what you're saying with the nfts provides a really a a great way to uh to bring some of your own authentic um uh uh, possessions (laughs) without actually taking them in the car along with you to a journey yeah so i think that's very exciting that's and and that certainly provides a lot more opens up a lot more when it comes to, um, I, I guess, holidaying differently. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so maybe maybe at this point it would be good to get a little bit of an understanding of some of your biggest challenges coming, you know, being where you are today and some of the, uh, I guess, the biggest hurdles that you've had to cross and negotiate. Uh, could it be with tech perhaps and just getting people on board? You alluded a little bit earlier that, um, getting builders and real estate agents across and, and, and uh, onto this platform uh, required a little bit of education, a little bit of exposure. But as soon as they um, came, you understood and could see the value in this, 
I can imagine that the uptake would be higher. Would you would you say that these were some of the few challenges, or did you have more? Yeah, I think I, I think they'll they'll be you know th- there's always going to be challenges with technology, whether it's you know trying to introduce people to a different way of doing things, or whether it is um, the technology itself, um, because you know as you're releasing this the newest latest. Um, technology that's at the cutting edge, uh, sometimes there are going to be problems or issues or things that needs to be sort of like um, parts of that technology that don't work at 100% yet. Um, and that's okay. Like, for example, the technology we're working with, um, it, it is specifically being designed for internal spaces. Uh, I guess to get really specific, it, it, it's been designed to work in in internal spaces and also but also um spaces that aren't too um tight or or close um otherwise the images do start to warp and that's that's one of the limits of this technology but they, they were um specifically designed for houses i would say i would say that was the original thought for the real estate market and also for display homes and, and properties and things like that um but you you bring this you take try and take this technology outside and it's it's um depending on the the type of day and the weather that you've got it'll struggle to work and um and also you know as i mentioned we we did some work with queensland rail and on their travel trains it's it's very tight spaces um and that was a that that project certainly presented a lot more problems and challenges for us and for the technology um, because we were working in such tight spaces but still wanting to deliver that same um, level of quality. Um, so I think I think that's, yeah, the technology is one thing that, you know, we just have to make sure that we we um, over-communicate um, to anyone that we work with. We, we make sure we clearly articulate the limitations because um, in the early days before we, I guess, came across any of these limitations, we were just, you know, um, we, we weren't doing a very good job at setting expectations. And so we'd have different customers of ours come back to us being like, oh, why is this happening? What? why is the virtual tour like this or in this particular area in the virtual tour? Why, why am I seeing this and things like that? Just different things like that, that I guess um, were different to what their expectations originally were. Um, so, so it's, it's the technology side of things. And then it's also that, that change as I, as I've already mentioned about, you know, real estate's changing the way they do things. It, it's kind of like in my own personal life, if I look back to when, um, before I had an iPhone or a smartphone um, and people were starting to get iPhones and I just, I guess I kind of held off from jumping on that bandwagon because I just didn't see, you know, I'd, I'd never spent that much money on a phone before and I was like, I, I've never needed it, needed it till now. Why, how is this going to change my life, you know? Um, but then once you do get your hands on one and you start using it and you look at all the many use cases and we're still discovering use cases. I mean, we're doing this, how we're having this conversation over an app from our smartphones um, right now. Um, And so I think, um, I think that's one thing that, you know, that there is a hurdle there um, for people that are, I guess, comfortable and, and and most people don't like change so you do have a few people that when new technology comes out they're like yes let's try it i don't i don't care if it's 
it's it's only half complete like we like we just need to understand what the future is going to look like and we need to be part of pioneering that and then but majority of people they don't like change and and they don't like changing the way they've done things because it, it's comfortable and 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 they don't need to think um well you know I, I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people because i I just realized this morning I had the same breakfast I've been having for three months now. So, yeah, talk about not wanting and to I change. Think it's, I think it's different um, for, for in yeah, different cases because I think I think for um, you know when you when you met, when you mentioned that I just think of like Mark Zuckerberg I think it is or maybe it's Steve Jobs where they've just got the same outfit um, that that yeah. they did they planned to to wear every single day because they didn't want that those decisions to take up any more of their headspace headspace than they needed to so if they only had the one set of clothing just seven copies of that clothing um, it meant they could channel that headspace into uh, other activities that were higher on their priority list um, but yeah but yeah I think that um, I think talking about technology and change it's it's something that um people are, are going to have to get better at being comfortable with because it's just changing at a more rapid rate what do you think would be a good um piece of advice you can give to those aspiring to take on a technology-based startup like the one you have yeah i think one thing i would say is Find someone that is further along the journey than you and glean from them. Um, so whether it is that they're, they've released a podcast, um, maybe you don't live in the same country as them and, you, and it would be next to impossible to um, to see them or catch up with them and be able to ask them questions. If they've got a podcast, then, like, like jump on that and, and, and learn and glean from them that way. Otherwise, if there's someone that's living in your city or living in your country that um, is further along the journey, whether they've gone through certain different rounds of funding, whether they've gone through hiring um, a development team, whether they've gone through, um, you know, marketing and, and sales or even partnerships and what does partnerships look like a, a tech startup um, but but gleaning from those that have already done it um, because there's a chance that they've gleaned from someone else um, or if they haven't gleaned from someone else then they've gone through some hard work and they've made some mistakes and they've learned their lessons and they know what does work um, I think for every business owner every startup you, you, it's inevitable that you're going to have to make your own mistakes um, and and learn learn from those lessons. I don't think that you can be a, a successful. I don't think you can just learn from someone someone else's mistakes and then you just tick all the right boxes the whole way along. And it's like, well, business starting a, a tech company is so easy. Like we did, we, we made zero mistakes. <laughs> like I think that you're going to make your own mistakes, but at least learning from someone else that is uh, further along the journey. Um, I would definitely yeah. say it's huge. And then the other thing is, is people. I was, I would say people is, is huge. The people on your team, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like the people that you employ, because I, I would argue that there, there is no like um, successful business. And I'm, I'm happy to be happy to be wrong, but my perspective at the moment is there's no successful business. That's just one person. Um, and, and I would say that every, every person out there that looks like they've, 
got a successful business and it's just themselves, I, I would argue that you talk to them and they're probably going to be like, oh, there is a team behind me. Like you, you can't see it. You don't know it because I'm the face of this thing. But like, I, I have a huge team and, and it, that goes the same for any business. It's not just like tech startups, but I think, um, you know, that if you're, if you're starting a, a tech company, then you're, you're obviously going to have your strengths and your weaknesses and, and your skills and stuff. But like as the founder um, and as the one that's pioneering the vision, you need to be more, you, you need to be better at setting, creating, and, and, and running with a vision than you are at the development side of things. You need to be better at setting, creating, mm. running that vision, pioneering that vision than you are as a salesperson or a marketing person. Like I believe as, as the founder, that's, that's where you need to spend most of your time and your headspace and you need to employ the right people to be in those other positions. Um, now, when if, if you're day one or day 10 or day 35, it's like, well, you're, you, you might be still a team of one and you're still generating that work, you're still generating that revenue so that you can maybe you want to, you're wanting to grow organically, you're not wanting to, like, bring investors on and things like that. Um, and you, you are going to have to wear all of the different hats, the many, many, many different hats that it takes to um, start a, a business. Um, but as soon as you can find out, okay, well, which, which hat can I take off and give to someone else first? Because what you're wanting to do is bring on a sales guy that's better than you ever were at sales and bring on a marketing person that's better than you ever were at marketing and bring on a software developer that's better than, yeah, you, you get the idea. So, But it's surrounding mm, yourself with yeah. those people that are going to do a better job than you in any of those positions. And your job essentially comes to becomes creating that vision, casting that vision, inspiring your team and, and, and hiring the right people is, is what I believe. Yeah. Wonderful, Daniel. Uh, speaking of hats, I take my hat <laughs> off to you for uh, coming along and, uh, you know, sharing uh, your story with us. Certainly, uh, I am. I see a, a bright future in this in the virtual inspection space. Um, and I, you know, I when I surfed your uh, website, I did. Uh, um, I, I thought it was quite impressive. Just the whole experience of going through a um, a live space or a, or an actual physical space in three mm. D. So that was very refreshing. Look, I I really appreciate uh, your time today, and and speaking to you was was a delight. And uh, I wish you the best uh, for the next uh, phase of your uh, journey with virtual inspections. Oh, thanks, Sandeep. It's been yeah, an absolute pleasure um, having this conversation with you. I think it's really exciting to be able to share from experiences and to encourage and spur other people on. I mean, I'm, I'm daily, if not weekly, or weekly, if not daily, encouraged by others in in the tech space in the business space just through the podcasts i listen to so if i can be that person to someone else that can encourage and spur them on in what in what they're doing then um yeah i i think it's a great opportunity and it's been an absolute pleasure to be part of it thanks daniel um i'll leave the details of how people can get in touch with virtual inspections in the uh, um description of this podcast but until next time We'll chat again. Thank you. Thanks.